because I was already working from home and that was a choice early on so that um, for family reasons um, so that I could have that opportunity to have a full career but also be involved with my children's day-to-day lives like in the schools uh, being able to pick them up and I feel very fortunate that I have that flexibility of schedule that will allow for that so when COVID hit it was some maybe seamless isn't exactly the right word to use but (laughs) I think I felt perhaps a little bit less pressure than other people who were having to move directly to the home office where they hadn't been set up before. This podcast is brought to you by Dentons, the world's largest law firm with a global team that builds agile, tailored solutions to meet the local, national, and global needs of private and public clients of any size in 183 locations serving 75 countries. Hi everyone, my name is Heather Barnhouse, partner and lawyer in our Edmonton office. Welcome to my podcast where I explore the topic of women in entrepreneurship and leadership and the ecosystem supporting the growth of this segment. Today I'm joined by Alexandria Favrit, founder of Powerhouse Print. I'm excited to talk to her today about her entrepreneurial journey. Welcome, Alex. Hi, Heather. Thanks for having me. Well, welcome to the show. Can you give our listeners a little background about yourself? Absolutely. I, um, as you mentioned, I'm the owner of Powerhouse Print, and that's a print brokerage. And so what that means is I uh, and my team shop around for the best price and quality for any printing needs. So that runs the gamut, really, from books and magazines to trade show materials to large outdoor signage to promotional materials. So anything that can be printed on, that's what we can do for you. And we source it across Canada uh, and sometimes offshore as well. Very cool. How did you get into that? Back in the day, in my previous career, I was uh, I came from the world um, of event production, and uh, oh. I was given the opportunity to work with the mom of a good friend of mine, and I had no idea what print a print brokerage or a print broker did. And so I came on board and and, and learned the ropes with her. We sort of worked under the same umbrella. Uh, but had our own client base, uh, and I had brought a lot of my client base over from uh, my days in event production, and uh, and things evolved, and, and of course, uh, I opened Powerhouse Print a while after that, but uh, yeah, that's how I got into it. It was something that I didn't even know existed until uh, it kind of fell into my lap. Very cool. It's funny how those little chance meetings sometimes turn into uh, really great opportunities for a number of reasons. It's true. It really is. So you were one of the early adopters, I'm going to use that term, of, of working from home, even even before it was cool to do so. With the pandemic, what what has been the effect on Powerhouse Print? And how does your business look different today from before the pandemic? What's changed? Well, I guess for the first part of your question, had impact on me is that because I was already working from home, and that was a choice early on, so that um, for family reasons, um, so that I yeah. could have that opportunity to have a full career, but also be involved with my children's day to day lives, like in their schools, uh, being able to pick right. them up. And I feel very fortunate that I have that flexibility of schedule that will allow for that. 
So when COVID hit, it was some, maybe seamless isn't exactly the right word to use, but (laughs) I think I felt perhaps a little bit less pressure than other people who were having to move directly to the home office where they hadn't been set up before. I had everything in my surroundings and we were used to the kids being home in the summertime. So I was used to juggling a schedule for them and myself at home. So although this looks different than it it would in just a short summer period, I think it was less of an adjustment for me than a, a lot of other people felt. That being said, the new and perhaps overused term now of pivoting right came, came into play here and I had to change my product offering uh, to meet the needs of, of what my clients were looking for and then and that of course was uh, PPE for for their businesses in terms of sneeze guards and uh, floor decals and mm. those types of things. So uh, items that perhaps I wasn't printing before, but still had the opportunity to do so with the sneeze guards, same type of material that you would use for signage, but right, now right. It, yeah, it was being repurposed. And so because you had some of those connections and you had the, you know, the ins with the, with the suppliers, your pivot, you were able to maybe repackage some of the, their, their materials for a different purpose, but at least you had the, the connections. And so you weren't starting from scratch with trying to figure out how to source them and where to get information and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's exactly it. So any of my signage suppliers already had those types of materials and just changing the look of what they were uh, or what we are offering to the client. And the the same goes for um, promotional types of materials in terms of offering face masks now rather than, you know, some some other type of wearable and hand sanitizers, the the giveaways, the promotional material right. has also changed. That's that's interesting. You know, it, it's it's funny that you you talk about how you had the, those routines at home established and the the need to schedule for yourself and for your kids and that flexibility. Um, and you also had you know some of the relationships with these suppliers and you were used to sourcing signage and stuff. And so with a little with with that groundwork laid, it, it actually was relatively easy for you to be able to pivot into these new needs um, because you actually had all of that groundwork that had been laid surreptitiously for uh, for an unprecedented pandemic. Absolutely. I want to shift a little bit, Alex, and and, um, talk about something else that is, I know, really important to you. Uh, You know, entrepreneurs are often really focused on their business and and on growing their business. And and that uh, concept of growth and scaling of your business can be really all consuming. And I know that you have some initiatives that you're really proud to be part of that are are really extensions of you, but are seemingly unrelated to your kind of your your day job. Can you tell us a little bit about about the cause and and some of the initiatives that you're passionate about and that you've taken part in? Yes, absolutely. Um, I really believe in social responsibility and you know tying my business to a cause, and and so I have um, a passion project. It's called the Shoe Boxes of Love, and I roll that out during the Christmas season every year. Um, okay. And the Shoe Boxes of Love adopts a school. Uh, last year, we actually did two schools from a low income area of Edmonton, whose populations are socially vulnerable. And many of these children do not receive three meals a day or proper winter clothing, let alone any gifts. So we prepare a full pancake breakfast and then surprise the children with a visit from Santa, who then mm-hmm. reveals that he's, he's brought gifts for each of them. 
And the shoe boxes that we make are filled with essential items such, you know, uh, warm gloves and toques and socks and toothbrushes and toothpaste. Plus, mm-hmm. they are jam-packed with age-appropriate toys and treasures. Very I fun. Partner with my, yeah. <laughs> I partner with my daughter's school, um, and, and they don't have a socially vulnerable population, and uh, to create these shoe boxes and teach the, the children there about social justice. And the children are involved at every stage of the process. So from promoting the initiative within the school, building the shoeboxes, and then also serving the mail and distributing the shoeboxes on the, on the day of the event. And each one of them gets to experience what it feels like to fill someone else's bucket. And mm-hmm. the ultimate outcome here is to inspire the next generation to give. Right. And, you know, the purpose of this initiative is not at all to bring awareness to my business. In fact, right. I don't even promote Powerhouse Print. I do it because I believe in giving back to the community in which I live. However, because I'm the face of my business and I speak to different networking groups about this initiative, it does end up being part of my brand. And the authenticity and passion with which I speak about this initiative is who I am. And it's what my customers can expect when dealing with, with Powerhouse Print. That's a great initiative. And it's very, uh, it's, it, it's very touching that, that you're able to, you know, draw in so many people into that circle to be able to, as you say, you know, promote it within the school, um, prepare the shoe boxes, and then participate in actually serving the meal and, and then watching the, the labor of their love uh, be distributed by Santa um, to some of these, these children who are in need. What drew you to to these types of causes as opposed to other ones that, that are out there in the community? I, I really think um, that it, it, it's because of the children and the opportunity to inspire our next generation of children to give back and, and to teach them uh, what opportunities lie there for them. And mm-hmm. uh, quite honestly, the feeling that I get I mean, it, it starts early in November as we're preparing all these shoe boxes, and it it really fills you up inside all the way mm-hmm. through those dark and dreary winter months. It's something that you can right. carry with you, and it's very quickly become my favorite day of the year. Oh wow! How long have you been doing this? Um, let me see. I think six years now. Oh wow! Um, wow. Yeah, uh, my daughter since she was uh, yeah, I think in grade one. What do these uh, uh, extracurricular activities, I don't really know what else to call them, but these social justice initiatives that, that, that you take on, um, and many, you know, we hear about this, that, that many entrepreneurs have, have a passion project or have a, a particular cause, whether it's a social justice initiative or some other, you know, charitable um, uh, initiative that they feel really drawn to. What do those add to an entrepreneur's life when you already have so many balls in the air that, that you're juggling? Why is it so important uh, to align yourself with, with some of these causes? What does it bring to your life as an entrepreneur? I think for me, uh, in particular, because I work out of my home office, it's about the connectivity. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so it gives me the opportunity. I have a whole team that does the shoeboxes along with me, a, a parent team, a parent group. Mm-hmm. And of course, we've grown very close over the years. Um, but it's the opportunity to connect with the children in our school 
and the staff and the other parents and then uh, bring that joy to a whole other community. At the end of the day, it, it really is that connection piece that you don't necessarily get when you're working uh, from your home office. Do you think that this year, given you know, given the COVID environment that we're in and the social isolation that so many people are are facing, do you think that that will either a cause some challenges with how you've maybe uh, rolled this program out previously, and or b actually add more meaning to that connectivity piece uh, just because of the environment that we all find ourselves in now? Um, it will certainly will present some unique challenges, um, but we've already been thinking long and hard about what we want to do. And, and the situation, of course, is fluid. Uh, we have yeah, to work very closely with the school board and some of the recommendations or the criteria, I guess, from the school boards is changing on a, a regular basis. So I guess to answer your, your question, um, the connectivity piece is more important than ever. And right. we're very cognizant of people's mental health right now. And right. our end goal of spreading joy remains. So however yeah. that is rolled out, and it won't be within the school, we won't be able to serve a breakfast and actually go physically into the schools uh, right. this year. But we will do some outdoor type of production. And oh. um, yeah. I, I'll have to update you on what that looks like. Uh, we yeah. have uh, a few balls in the air right now, and uh, we may have to have different scenarios, uh, just like the, yeah. the schools did, of course. or what <laughs> yes. going back to school looked like. Uh, we'll do the same for this, and so we may not know until the 11th hour which one we're going to be able to roll out, but we really, really need to uh, connect more than ever with those socially vulnerable populations. Yeah, agreed. And I think I think the, you know, the reward um, for seeing that connection will, will be even more meaningful uh, in this environment than perhaps in others. Alex, where can our listeners find out more about this passion project for you and the, the shoeboxes of love? Is there is there a, a website or is there a place that they can find out to, to learn more about this initiative? Um, they can actually connect with me directly. Um, So we are obviously always looking for volunteers and people that want to get involved. And I, as mentioned, I go out and speak to different networking groups, which uh, I think will look a little different this year. Perhaps we're going to be (laughs) doing that over Zoom. They can connect with me directly and email me, alex at powerhouseprint.ca. And uh, they can also go on my website, powerhouseprint.ca, to connect with me that way. And uh, I have uh, a number of pictures and videos that I can email out to interested parties uh, of past events so they can get a feel for what they're getting involved with. That's uh, that's great. What I what I love about that too, Alex, is that it it also might be an initiative that you know another organization might take in house and be able to contribute. Um, you know, some kind of like a habit Habitat for Humanity build, right? Like you can take it on a little bit from within your organization and then contribute to the bigger mission. So I would encourage people to you know to think about that and then to connect with you uh, to make sure that it can all come together and spread that joy in those dark and dreary winter days. That that are coming up shortly. That's right. <laughs> Thanks so much, Alex, for, for chatting with us today. And I, I hope that the shoeboxes of love is as its usual fulfilling uh, dream for, for both parties this year. Thank you, Heather. I really appreciate you asking me to be on the, the podcast. It was an honor. Oh, well, thanks so much for joining us. 
Thank you for joining the podcast today. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe or follow to get notified when we have an update. Mm-hmm.